I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of the Memory Lane Podcast here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. We have a terrific guest for you right now, Gilbert Brown, former Pitt basketball player, current member of the coaching staff. Cannot thank Gilbert enough for taking the time to join us here in the middle of college basketball season. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, Corey. Everything's good. I have no complaints. How about hey, yourself? This, this is a really good Pitt basketball team. Before we get into your memories of uh, – really the glory days of Pitt and the elite run, elite eight run back in 2009. How good is this basketball team you've got right now, Gilbert? It's a really, really good team. You know, in the beginning of the season, I thought it could be a special team. And I remember floating the idea of doing something great and finishing at the top of the league with the guys. And the reason why I felt that way is because I could see how they were with each other. You know, the connection, the bond that they share and just being really good guys, it it reminded me of like the bond that I have with my my former teammates and these guys have that compassion for one another and they go out there and compete every day. Now these were guys that the coaching staff, Jeff Capel brought in a lot of these guys from the transfer portal and they meshed and gelled very quickly. That's, that's hard to do. Why was this group able to do that? You know, I think the personalities and them just like, they're great guys, like just great guys to be around with the energy that each guy brings, you know, with our transfers, Greg Elliott, and Blake Henson, and I think you see it out there on the court. They enjoy the game and they enjoy competing. So, you know, and with our young crew that we have that just came in, it just kind of like fell all together, like perfectly, you know. All right. I, I do want to ask you, too, what this resurgence means for pit basketball this season, because we're going to get into some tremendous pit teams that you guys had uh, a few years back. But what does this mean to the pit basketball program to have this level of success again? It means everything, you know, and, you know, thinking about the years I had, but for Pittsburgh to have basketball be relevant, is like everything. Like we are the basketball team in that city and like people want to see us do good. They want us to be successful. People want to go and experience that uh, experience at the Oakland with the Oakland Zoo and the Peterson Center. Like it's it means so much to the city and even to the alumni that, that look on like. The guys that I play with, former alumni and guys before me, always text me about how how proud they are to see our team having a great season. And, you know, that pit pride is still there. We just – the guys just want to see us be successful. 
Gilbert's now the director of player and alumni development. We're going to talk about some great memories in Pitt basketball history and go back to 2009, the Elite Eight run. That was a phenomenal team with Dewan Blair, Sam Young, LeVance Field, yourself, a whole bunch of really good young players, Ashton Gibbs, guys that uh, kept the Pitt program going strong for a long time. Was that the best Pitt basketball team ever, Gilbert, 0809? Yes, I think 0809 from top to bottom may have been the best pit basketball team ever. I always we always uh, joke around with Sam and Levance. Maybe my senior year we could have beat them, but I think because all of us are still on that team, it's that's the best one. Well, you take a look at the careers of Dewan Blair, Sam Young, Levance Fields, all on that team. That was just a, a tremendous. What made that team so successful outside of just having? Really good players. The the thing that really made us successful is the same thing that makes this team this year successful. Everybody bought into the idea of being a team and then our relationships. Like we still have those same relationships today where we're talking in the in our, in our group chat about this this current team and just about the memories that we had. So because we we bonded and had those relationships on and off the court, I think that's why that team was so successful. All right, you have a tremendous season in 08, 09. What At what point in that year did you guys really kind of start to think, you know what, this could be a Final Four caliber team, this could be a national championship caliber team, or did you know that or, or, or think that before the season started? Before the season started, in the summertime. Like, we knew what we were capable of the year before, but we had injuries. You know, you look back to the team the year before we won the Big East tournament, to start here, we we beat Duke. We're a top ten team. Mike Cook tears his ACL. Levance Fields breaks his foot, and then we're playing without two of our better players. And then Levance finally comes back, and we gel and get back and win the Big East tournament. So going into the 0809 season with the year that Sam Young had and the freshman year that Dewan Blair had the year before, we're like, now this is a team that we're going to we we have a chance to win it all. We knew we were we could be a special team. So the, the thought process at the beginning of the season was we're trying to get to the final four in the national championship. That was our goal. In terms of the makeup of that team, you had Dewan, uh, a big body, really good inside. Sam Young was an outstanding perimeter scorer. LeVance Fields was a very good point guard who ran the show. You had good starters. You had good depth. You had a bunch of contributors. You had a phenomenal coach, which I'll get to here in, in a little bit in Jamie Dixon. But what was the chemistry like? How did you guys develop all that good chemistry? Um, the one, the biggest, uh, factor in developing the chemistry was really just our competitiveness, our competitive nature going into practice every day. Like we always used to have a thing where there was a drill in practice called the transition drill. So you had the starters who were Levant, Sam, Dewan, Terrell Biggs, and Jermaine Dixon. And then you had the reserves, me, Brad Wanamaker, Gary McGee, Nasir Robinson, and Ashton Gibbs. So us being the younger guys, it's like every day that we can get a win in this drill is a big day. Mm-hmm. And we, we didn't get that many. We got some, but it was just like the idea was to push the start at five to like the brink of, you know, like, wow, these guys are up on us. We win two days in a row. They're like, no, nah, we're not letting them win for a week. So that competitive drive kind of built our identity and our culture and our relationships and bonds to on the team. It is interesting that you mention all of that because a lot of your reserves became key starters on other good pit teams. And I think sometimes people don't necessarily realize how much better basketball players get in practice because they're pushed 
every day by good players uh, on the bench. So that, that seems like that was an extremely important part of that team that you had a, a ton of depth, not just the guys at the top of the rotation, but a lot mm-hmm. of guys that could really push everybody. No, definitely. Just when you have those players and you got to think even like beyond the five reserves, I name you still have like Trayvon Woodall who ended up being, having a great career. And, you know, Dante Taylor, or well, not Dante Taylor, he comes in the next year, but we were all so competitive and wanted, we carried ourselves like starters. We carried ourselves like that every, every day. So that's what kind of drove us to become a good team because it was always a moment you couldn't like put your guard down. This is a big picture question about Jamie and the program and the culture for really a long period of time. There was a good decade where Pitt was one of the 10 best basketball programs in the country every year, quality seeds in the tournament, major success, a lot of wins. What, what enabled all of that to happen? What, what, what did Jamie Dixon do to develop that culture, get the right people in there and run his system the right way? I think it was partially the guys that he recruited because everybody was hungry. Everybody felt that they had something to prove. And just, you know, his uh, demeanor and his approach to the game, he's very, very, like, businesslike. And it was ran in the terms of where it was basketball, like, just being cerebral about basketball, toughness, competitiveness, and drive. And he brought that every day in practice, every day in a film session. So it was – you had to get acclimated with his style of coaching, and I think it rubbed off on us. And it kind of made us better in that sense, in terms of like being competitors and competing and bringing our lunch bell to work every day. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I got to tell you, full disclosure, I'm a lifelong Syracuse fan. Oh. Since 1985, Pearl Washington's half-court shot. You guys at Pitt destroyed Syracuse forever. Never lost to Syracuse. (laughs) I I mean, Jamie Dixon is the best coach in the history of the world against Syracuse. You guys were tough. You had balance. He knew how to beat the zone. He could get it. You guys could get it into the middle and then make the interior dump off pass. Um, this isn't a Syracuse question. It's just a question about Jamie Dixon put everything together and just seemed to seem to knew, know how to push the buttons for a lot of to beat Syracuse, to beat UConn, to beat a lot of really good teams. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, at, looking back on it as players now, we talk about it all the time, like how he had ways to kind of like motivate us. And we're just like, man, the whole time, it's like maybe at that moment we're not understanding it. But as we got older, it's like, ah, we see what he was doing and it worked. So, you know, credit to him. Isn't that always the way it goes with coaches, man? I got a 10-year-old yes. kid. I try to teach him the right way. He gets tired of hearing the same stuff all the time. I hope that in 10, 15 years he realizes, man, my dad was really smart. He he knew what he was saying. <laughs> Isn't that how it goes with coaches? Players don't necessarily figure it out until 8, 10, 20 years later. Yeah, typically. I mean, sometimes you figure it out right then and there because you see the success. Yeah. We're winning. We're doing this. You're having success in your game, and it's just like, you know what? I need to – adhere to advice a little bit and you know i'll, I'll keep having good uh, moments and man for a for a lot of those years Pitt won a ton of games you had tremendous success the the success that the program enjoyed for that decade plus just how how good were, were a lot of those teams man they were great teams i when i look at the five years that i was at Pitt, and even prior you know uh, that was one of the reasons why i chose Pitt is the success and seeing that every day like those teams were outstanding. You go back to Carl Krauser and Julius Page and Brandon Knight kind of starting it off. And it's just like you look at those guys and you look at the rosters and you look at the success they had. It's amazing. And, you know, it carried on. That identity that kind of started that run carried on through, through that tenure. I'll tell you what, again, even as a Syracuse fan, I could appreciate everything that Pitt did. I watched all those games. You guys drove me nuts, but I'd watch you play everybody else. And, <laughs> It was impressive. So I'm going to go back to 09 to the Elite Eight. LeVance Fields hits free throw, tie the game, five and a half seconds to go, 76-76 against Villanova. You got a shot to go to the Final Four. This is the best pit team ever. Just, just had all the pieces. Mm-hmm. Then those damn five and a half seconds, man. Uh, Villanova throws the ball in. They kick it to Scotty Reynolds. When, when I say the name Scotty Reynolds, what comes to your mind these years later? Uh... Good player, really good player. But, of course, that shot at the end. So, you know, seen him overseas, played against him. So it's like that shot is always going to be something that pops into mind. So you you had a, a, a little bit of a personal relationship with Scotty years after college playing playing overseas? Uh, played against him. And then at one point in time, my team tried to sign him. So reaching out to him. So we, we talked and done 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 that much as far as just communicating did he did he talk smack about the shot or not no 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 we never got into detail about that no I well hey look it was a a great game they go to the final four it was but when you look back on that game what do you remember most about that game um it's a battle you know earlier that year we lost to Villanova and they were one of the teams that year that just I wouldn't say had our number, but, you know, credit to Jay Wright and the players that they knew how we played. They matched our energy and physicality, and they had good guards. Corey Fisher, uh, Scotty Reynolds, Reggie Redding, you know, all these good guards that can combat with us, you know. So it was it, it's just a typical Big East game, a tough, hard-fought battle. And at the end of the day, it came down to that one play. Hey, you play. still you still had a tremendous career after that. Uh, what what's your favorite memory? I think you guys were the number one seed, uh, a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Was it two years later or was it the next year? Which year was it? Uh, two years later. 
So you, you later, my senior year. Yeah, you guys have tremendous teams. So what uh, what are your favorite memories? Uh, you know, really of of the latter part of your career, and how good were those teams as well? From the latter part of my career, um, one of my favorite memories is actually my junior year. You know, we were uh, picked kind of similar to this team to finish at the end of the Big East, like ninth or tenth, and just finishing second and proving everybody wrong. Coming out season start uh, at the start of the season hot winning big games against Syracuse, who was number one at the time with Wes Johnson, and then going into Cincinnati and be and jumping up into the rankings as a as a relevant program, whereas they thought it was going to be a fall-off. So that's one of my great uh, memories because we took a lot of pride in that. You know, we didn't want to be the team to have the letdown from all of the prior success. So that's one of my great memories uh, from those years. And then um, just my senior year, I feel like in that 2010-11 year, we were a dominant team and we just kind of fell short in the tournament. Like, you know, those guys and my teammates games that we had, it was a uh, really special, like going to coaches first cancer and taking on Texas and Maryland. Those were huge, huge games, but really like my fondest memories come from the years before, probably like in my freshman year. Pitt had a lot of great teams, Gilbert, for a mm-hmm. lot of years. There were some struggles in the NCAA tournament. Is there, any, I know every game, every tournament, every matchup is different. When, when you look back on, did you did you see anything or looking back over the years, was there ever anything that just kind of stood out to you now that maybe made the tournament a little more difficult or, or was it always time kind of just this might have been a tougher matchup or, or what have you in any given year? Um, Really, when I look at my tournament stuff, it's like probably two games outside of the Villanova game that 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 stick out. And the one game is the Butler game my senior year where I missed the free throw and Nas fouls. But in that game is every time out, Brad Stevens had like an adjustment, an ATO that was uh, attacking our defense or a defensive call that he that in pick and roll coverage that was changing the look that we had to uh, go against. So it was really impressive. And it's seeing how it kind of like shape that game into being a last second game coming down to those shots. So I, I felt like that was a, a really great game, just like tactically from both coaches. So Butler that, went to the Nash- they went to the national championship game. I mean, that was a great team. Did, did you guys mm-hmm. know how good they were when you were going up against them or preparing for them? We did. We did. We knew the players. We knew the coach. We knew how good they were. We knew they were going to be a tough AC and, you know, at that time, it was like, dang, why? How did they get an eight seed? They yeah, right. Higher. But and, and, and like thinking back, thinking back on it, but you know, we knew what kind of team we were facing. You made an interesting point about uh, the year after the Elite Eight run about people thought there would be a drop off. We just mm-hmm. wrote a story at DK Pittsburgh Sports a couple of days ago that all the players on this year's team knew that you were picked 14th in the ACC. And there's some mm-hmm. motivation and a chip on your shoulder. Uh, do you see a little bit of comparison with that? Uh, 100%. That, how, how do you how do you compare those? 100 percent. And that's that's one of the reasons why I really, really think this is a good group, a special group, because these guys are competitors, you know, and it's OK to write write us off and to believe that we're not capable of doing something. And they carry that chip on their shoulder every game and every practice. So I see the comparison just like that team uh, in 2009, 2010. And lo and behold, we're in a great position right now. What is the. um I don't necessarily goal, but what what is the plan? What's the, the focus here over the last two to three weeks of the regular season and the ACC tournament? What are one or two areas that you know if you're going to make a run in the tournament, you really have to fine-tune a couple of things? 
Um, really, it's like one game at a time and focusing on the details, the defensive details, how we're guarding certain teams and just cleaning up our offense and keep flowing and getting the shots for our shooters to take. So, you know, we pra- we work on that in practice every day. And I feel like we've had some good practices and it's been carrying over to the game in these last couple of games, especially our last game against Boston College. How much credit and recognition does Jeff Capel deserve for this year? I mean, you're talking about a guy that easily could be the national coach of the year with what you guys have pulled off and accomplished. Uh, I mean, just to take you're there. You you've seen what Jeff's gone through. How much credit does he deserve for all this? A ton, a ton of credit. You have to give the credit credit to him. Like he's been great with our guys. The guys have bought in, and just being able to be available and, and coach them how how he needs to coach them has been, you know, a, a blessing for us this year. So it's rubbed off on the players, and you can see it see it every day they go out there. They play with you, the joy and passion that he has. Do you still have good relationship? You keep in touch with. Uh former Pitt teammates, and uh, I'll ask you about Jamie Dix in a second, but do you keep in touch with any of your former teammates? Oh, yeah. We have a group chat that we talk in probably every day. Every day is something. So all of the guys that are in there from LeVance Fields, uh, Ashton Gibbs to Aaron Gray. So (laughs) we're all in in the same group chat, and we keep in contact all the time. And how about Coach Dixon? He's been down at TCU for a while. He's done very, very good things with that program. What are, what are your thoughts on what Jamie did at Pitt? And are you in any way surprised by how much success he's had at TCU? No, nah, I keep in touch with Coach Dixon. I've talked to him recently this uh, past year and uh, not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. He's a, uh, he's a diligent worker when it comes to coaching. And, and it's just funny, you know, it turning on the game and watching the game and seeing the areas of emphasis is the same thing that it was when we were at Pitt. So him having success at TCU, it may be surprising because at TCU, you never thought of it as a basketball program back when we were playing, but him having success there, you know, that's, that's, that's just, who, that's just who he is. So when you turn on a game and you see them playing, you, you recognize it as it bring back a lot of memories for you playing for him? Uh, Definitely a lot of similarities and in, in, in things that we used to do and just how they play and, and, and uh, w- w- what his points of emphasis are in terms of rebounding and defense. So that was always like a staple of ours. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a little flashback from time to time. But there are some different things now. He, he's changed a little bit, grown. One last thing I want to ask you, Gilbert Pitt, uh, having the resurgence this year, just a terrific year. What's it? What's in the future for the program here over the next couple of years in terms of sustaining this? One thing with from Ben Howland to Jamie Dixon, Pitt was able to sustain tremendous success for a very, very yeah. long period of time. How does the program sustain what you're doing now over a multi-year period? I think we have to continue to, you know, push and get, the guys that that fit the program, like I think one of the reasons why we have so much success this year is really to the credit to the to the players and who they are and being coachable. So that that is the key to have to sustaining the program and having these type of seasons that we're having this year. 
getting the right guys in and making sure when, with this new age of college basketball with the transfer portal and everything that we target the guys that, that fit us. And how cool is it, man, to see the Oakland Zoo, to see the Pete rocking again? I mean, that is that was always an extremely tough place for any opponent to go in and win. And now you've got that back. How, just how cool is it to see it co- to come back to that level of, of just craziness? Man, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, you know, I think about like last year going through that season and then to this year having that the Oakland Zoo and the fans come back in the way that they did it. It brings back a little a flash of the past a little bit of how it used to be. I remember we were always one of the toughest places to play. And like former players from Georgetown, Austin Freeman and guys up in uh, Syracuse, they will always say, yeah, I hated playing at the peak. And I could, I could feel that again. Uh, that's great, man. I cannot thank you enough for the time. It's great to see Pitt basketball back. I got a lot of friends who are Pitt basketball fans, uh, and uh, it, they all love seeing the program getting back to this level of success. I wish you guys nothing but the best, Gilbert. Thank you so much for the time, man. Uh, thanks for having me. All right, thank you so much.